This is exactly right. It's the mini episode. It's the short one uh, that comes on Monday at the beginning of the week. (laughs) You remember? You remember today's Monday? Sorry about that. Mm. Um, I don't have a happy one at the end. Do you? So I'll go first. Do you have a good one? Like a good ender? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, This one says, my queens, spooky quarantine. Y'all are amazing. Steven Mustache is the eighth wonder of the world. Yada, yada, yada. Let's get right into it. <laughs> they said it like Steve Mustache is Steven's last name. <laughs> Steven Mustache. Steven Mustache. He's my, fa- my favorite art, pa- <laughs> 80s art band yeah. lead singer. Yeah. I'm from South Bend, Indiana, home of no- Notre Dame. But this story takes place in the next town over, Elkhart, Indiana, home of the RV capital of the world. I really need to get out of the state. <laughs> That sounds rad. I want an RV. <laughs> My boyfriend's family grew up here too, but now his badass aunt lives in LA being a movie producer. You may have seen her Netflix original documentary, Knock Down the House, with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. When speaking to her recently about my boyfriend's and my passion for true crime, she asked if we had heard of the cold case story of the woman who vanished from her yard in Elkhart in the mid-80s. We very much had not heard the story, and through her account of it and reading articles I found online, I learned of the heartbreaking and mysterious story of Ada Herodine. Ada was a 39-year-old mother of two living in an upscale Elkhart neighborhood in 1985. Every other day when her her then nine-year-old son got off the bus, she would be waiting outside of her house for him. When her son got off the bus that day on May 8th at 3.20 p.m., his mother was not there to greet him, nor was she in the house when he went inside. The crazy part is that Ada was seen only 10 minutes earlier outside before her son arrived home. Those 10 minutes will forever be a mystery about what truly happened to Ada and who the sen- who had the senseless mind to take her away from her family. Unfortunately, three years later, her remains were found located only 20 miles from her house by a mushroom hunter. Uh, yes, that's a thing here. She was confirmed to be beaten to death and was identified through her wedding ring that was still found on her all those years later. Heartbreakingly, her husband passed in 1993 from a brain aneurysm, and her case still remains unsolved to this day. The case was reopened back in 2013, but no new updates have been discovered. I wish I had more information, but tragically, there may never be an answer to many heartbreaking cold cases in the world, like the heinous Delphi murders of 2017, which took place only 45 minutes away from my college. Thank you for all that you do, and arrest the murders of Breonna Taylor, SSDGM, Emma. I mean, I don't, it's, it's so, uh, I don't like cold cases. I I don't like the idea that a mom disappeared from her house and no one knows why. (sighs) And her body was found three years later. It's the most scary. It's everyone's worst nightmare, whether it's your, uh, you're the mom and your child no longer has a mom, whether it's that you're a child and your mother just one day isn't there. I mean, it's worse. It's It's so heartbreaking. I just want, we say it about every single one, but it's the worst. Okay, uh, let's see. This one, the subject line is haunted lake, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Hello, MFM fam. First, thanks to my partner for getting me hooked on this podcast through quarantine. My hometown story is actually a case from my grandmother's hometown of Union, South Carolina, which is about 30 miles from my hometown of Greenville, South Carolina. I grew up visiting the house she grew up in 
and her stomping grounds. I did research and want to credit Wikipedia, Investigation Discovery, <laughs> the LA Times, and my family for originally telling me about the story. This is just a shout out episode. People... This is this is so good. I'm they're listing their always list your sources. That's right. <clears throat> nice. Okay, here we go. On no, on October twenty fifth, nineteen ninety four. Susan Smith reported her two sons, ages two years and 13 months, missing, claiming that a black man had carjacked her vehicle over the next nine days. Smith provided vague descriptions of the alleged black man that stole her car and children. Police also noticed inconsistencies in her story. On November 3rd, 1994, Susan Smith confessed and led police to the exact spot in John D. Long Lake, where she had rolled her car with both children inside. Uh, it's believed that Smith was having an affair with a socialite in town and he did not want kids, even her kids. Ugh. The week before the crime, he sent her a letter ending the affair, citing her children as the reason not to continue. Uh, she claims there was no motive and she was not in a right mind state at the time. Her defense psychiatrist diagnosed her with dependent personality disorder. Uh, she was sentenced to life in prison for two counts of murder in 1995. She's eligible for parole in 2024. Upon further research, I found that John D. Long Lake is actually a man-made lake named after a former KKK member, Confederate flag supporter, and South Carolina state senator. Being located in a hev heavily Republican town and county, there's still no talk of renaming the lake. Also, a total of 18 people have died at this lake. Oh, my God. That's a ton. Seven of those deaths occurred two years after the Smith murders when a family came to visit the lake and newly built memorial for the two boys. Two members of the family were outside of the car when it rolled into the lake. Is this true? They drowned with the five others that were inside the car while trying to rescue them. No. When the car was recovered from the lake, it was found to still be in park. Creepy, right? <gasps> Is the lake haunted? Does this problematic John D. Long ghost character preside over the lake taking lives to the other side all questions that have no answers in the 90s my mother was fresh out of college newly married and had two children my great-grandmother forbade my mother from driving past that lake in their town she was worried that my mother would be the next victim who knows thanks again for all you do i begin school for my master's in forensic science in wow. august and maybe one day you'll be covering a murder case that i analyzed evidence in the lab for best hunter wow that is um, tragedy upon tragedy. It is, and actually, I feel like I want to look it up, but I feel like I remember that second drowning. Stephen, did you look it up? You did Susan Smith, right? You've you've done it before. No, no. Who was the one you did? The one who was laughing? Yeah, this was in '96. Is when seven people died when their car rolled down the boat ramp into the lake. Yes. Holy Ugh. shit! So, okay. Thank you, Stephen. I just wanted to make sure that that wasn't I was <laughs> I sounded very suspicious when I said that. Oh, you uh, know what? Your This one was the one where she shot all th three of her kids. Remember? That's Diane Downs. That's the one. That's Diane Downs from, um, I believe, Portland or like yeah. the Portland area. <sighs> That's one of the first ones I ever did because yeah. that was one of the first Anne Rule books I ever read. So awful. What a horrible. I mean, what a. After that second drowning, I remember I do now remember reading about that second drowning three years later, whenever mm. Hunter said it was, and just being like, oh my fucking God. I don't know about the part of, that it was still in park. That seems yeah. like, but I mean, any detail about the, a second horrible, like group drowning at the same lake is yeah. so scary. Like, how do you go that to that lake on a picnic in the summer and just be like, I, doo -doo -doo. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't either. 
I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, everything about this lake sounds like it sucks. <sighs> Oof. Sorry, lake. Okay. Um, this just is called Hometown Story. Hi, everyone. Don't want to miss anyone, so this will do. <laughs> Thank you. I've never <laughs> been one to do something like this, but thought this story was too cool not to share. I was born and raised in the North Jersey town of Morristown, New Jersey. Morristown is a... <laughs> New Jersey. What did I say? <laughs> no, no, no. The, oh. They just said New Jersey oh, yeah. twice in a row. Like, New Jersey. In the New Jersey town of, of Morristown, New Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> Morristown is a super cute and diverse town with a picturesque town center and lots to do. This is from the tourism board from Morristown, North <laughs> New Jersey. When growing up in Morristown, the town's rich history is drilled into our brains while at school. Just a couple cool facts. Elizabeth Schuler was staying in Morristown when Alexander Hamilton was courting her. Mm -hmm. Washington had headquarters here during the Revolutionary War. And Peter Dinklage was born here. Hey! hey. But one historic story that was not taught in school, but we all know, is the murder of the Sayer family and subsequent hanging of Ant uh, Anton LeBlanc. Anton LeBlanc was a French immigrant who arrived in Morristown in the mid-19th century. He was hired by the Sayer family as a handyman, but LeBlanc was from a well-to-do European family and didn't like his meager work in the U.S. I mean, who among us, asshole? Yeah, for real. Only a couple weeks later, he murdered Mr. and Mrs. Sayer, as well as their servant, Phoebe. Then he took any valuables he could with him and frantically ran away, headed towards New York City. Stupidly, he left a trail of stolen items as he tried to escape. Because of this, the murder scene was quickly discovered and he was found at a tavern in uh, Hackensack, about 30 miles away. LeBlanc was sub subsequently tried and sentenced to be hanged. The story gets worse, though. After being hanged in the town center, might I add, his body was taken to Dr. Canfield's office where they conducted experiments by hooking his body to batteries and trying to resurrect him. Still oh. gets worse. His skin was then sent to a local tannery where a bunch of wallets, purses, book jackets, etc. were made as keepsakes. Imagine hearing this story as a child. Ugh. This all sounds like a tall tale, but in the 90s, a death mask of his face and wallet made of human skin said to be his was found in a local collector's house after his death. Shit. I believe it's stored at the police department now. They say that all the, quote, keepsakes are scattered through Morristown and the surrounding area, maybe heirlooms kept by longstanding local families. Can you imagine? Grandma's dead, everyone. Here's what you get. And here's a fucking face. You get a people book. <laughs> Of a murderer. Jesus. And then she writes, and done. Sorry it was so long, but it's such a good murder slash local history slash legend story. I've been listening to you since the beginning and always get excited to hear new episodes every week. And I guess I'll do one of these. Stay sexy and don't buy antique wallets at garage sales. <laughs> Francisca. Like San Francisco, but without the San and ending with an A. <laughs> Thank you. I, I would have called you Francesca, so I appreciate New Francisca. Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey. Fra Francisca, Fran New Jersey. Francisca, like New Jersey, but San Francisco. <laughs> wow, that was, I, yeah, that is, I'm, those ones, it's so nice when they're from the 1700s and we can just go like, oh, people back then. Yeah. Deny that it's <sighs> happening to this day. Yep. But I do think that I'm pretty sure when they say death mask, they mean the thing, the, like, they do a, they do a mold of the face when they're dead. Uh, oh, not it's not right. a human face. I was just, just like they skinned his face and kept No. <laughs> okay, no, that makes more sense. It's not it's not silence of the lambs. Uh, I was going shrunken <laughs> head. Act three. No, no. Yeah, okay. As, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Please correct no, me, New Jersey, makes... if I'm wrong. <laughs> Everyone right in, in New Jersey, New Jersey will let you know. <laughs> 
If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Okay. Subject line of this one, dump stories for murderinos and treasure hunters. Yay. Dear Karen, George and Stephen and menagerie of pets. Are we still doing dump stories? Because I have a pretty good one. In the 70s, I was a little girl and my dad worked for L&N Railroad. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. uh, In Louisville, Kentucky, when they went on strike to make ends meet during the strike, he got a job working at a local dump. Yes. Yeah. The workers were allowed to take home. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, that's hilarious. Just take what you want. The workers were allowed to take home anything that interested them. <laughs> it's like on their on your first day when you're get when you're going through, yeah. getting, walking I mean, through, and then the, the boss just p- gestures a- across the dump. Anything of this anything, is yours. It's gleaming and glittering, but it's like not like they're gonna have a lost and found problem. Like that makes sense. Just fucking take it. It's already someone's just trash. Throw it out there. Yeah, exactly. Whether it's a couch or okay, right. so. Um, but I just like the phrase, anything that interested them. <laughs> and my dad brought home various treasures. My favorites were from a school that had been, that was being demolished. Yes. yes. I was three and thrilled to have my very own chalkboard and school desk. That's amazing. Oh my God. Remember when you just wanted shit like that as a kid? Like your own got- real desk. Okay. So I think I've bragged to you about this before, but the first house we lived in in Petaluma on Eucalyptus Avenue, um, there were two small chicken, um, uh, barn things, coop. little chicken coops, I'm trying to say, um, in our side field. Yeah. And so me and my sister each got our own playhouse. Oh. So they were like, they were probably like six feet tall and then like 15 feet long. Oh my God. Little wooden chicken coops that all the chickens had been cleared out of. And it was just like whatever you wanted to do in there was That's fine. Every kid's dream. They're right. Like, Don't so- touch the razor wire. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to avoid the rusty nails. But so my dad would come and knock on the door like we would end Aww. up playing in one and, you yeah. know, whatever. It was like, this is the schoolhouse. This is the house, whatever. And my dad would come and knock on the door and pretend to be a delivery man and just bring us shit to like decorate oh our God, houses with. Jim. And one time it was the backseat of his of his Volkswagen bug. So it was just, like we had a couch all of a sudden. That's the coolest. It's that was the best because it also it had this side um, armrest. Oh, my God. It was that old of a bug. And then the other time he brought us each our own school desk. I don't know where he got them. He may have seen them in like someone else's front driveway yeah. or whatever. But having our own Dude. school desks at home. I don't know what happened. It made me go insane. It was my favorite favorite. You were spoiled as a kid, obviously. I was spoiled with garbage, just like this person and, and their dad. Chicken coops and garbage. Spoiled. When you live this out in the Karen, country. This is why Karen is the way she is, is because yep. she was just spoiled as a kid. Oh, so much garbage all around me, piled up around my feet. Like I was the little princess of garbage. Okay. Oh, she said about that school desk, the cool kind with the swivel chair and the top that opened to store your books. It's the kind we had. Yes. What I'm talking about. Yes. It's called the dump special. Dad loved history and geography, looking at maps and reading about various places around the world. He was the only worker who asked to bring home books <laughs> and was and was teased by his new co-workers for even asking. Oh, my God. One day he picked up. This is where it gets good. Okay. One day he picked up a very heavy box of books that came from an old house and placed it in his truck to go through that evening. After oh. dinner, he gets the box out of his truck, um, pulls the books out one by one and starts flipping through them when a gold coin drops out of one onto the books. Immediately, my brother claims the coin for his own and my dad says he can have it but not spend it, explaining coin collecting to us. He picks up and flips through a few more of the books just as my brother and I are about to lose interest 
in the contents of the box, he picks up the last book and a strange look comes across his face. It turns out there are at least 50 more gold coins in the bottom of the box. Telling no one what he's found, he goes back to work the next day, heads straight to the area where the contents of the old house were tossed, and finds three more boxes containing collectible coins. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's a full-on jackpot. Who threw that away? Like, the guy died, and that's that thing when old people start hiding shit around their house, and then they die, don't tell anybody. Uh, He quietly placed them all in his truck and brought them home. Oh, my God. Uh, Over the years, my dad collected many more coins. After my parents' divorce in the 90s, he remarried and, to my knowledge, never sold any of the coins. Dad passed away in 2009, and he left everything to his second wife with instructions to give certain items to my brother and myself. Dad also collected arrowheads that he found throughout his life while farming and specified that my brother should have those. He has thousands and once had an archaeologist come to our house who told him his collection was, quote, museum worthy. Oh, my God. So my brother requested that my stepmom let me have the coin collection. She claimed that she had not come across any coins and had no idea what he was talking about. I seriously think she might have donated the damn coins to Goodwill. Oh, no. Oh, it hurt. I just wanted to know how much they were worth. Yeah. This is this is like an Antiques Roadshow moment right here that we're being robbed of. Totally. Dad never put his coins on display, just kept them in ratty old boxes with the books he brought home from the dump because he thought if he were ever robbed, no one would look there or, or steal books. That's so true. It is. <laughs> Robbers aren't going to go and steal a bunch of your books. No one's going to be like, oh, I've been looking for a confeder- confederacy of dunces. <laughs> oh, I hear that. this is good. <laughs> um, so I guess someone else may have a treasure story about finding dad's coins in a box of old books at the Goodwill, which kind of tickles me, but I know my dad would be mad as hell. Ha <laughs> yeah. ha. It's like cute right? and sweet, but like that should have been your fucking moment. <laughs> yeah. And also just love to find out what the worth of those yes. coins are. Love and peace to you all, Bridget, Louisville, Kentucky. So anyone in, in the greater Kentucky area, if you've ever found gold coins in a box at the Goodwill. Don't tell anyone. Keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> you you do yours. not write in. Finders don't keepers. It's M-Y-O-B. Don't say a word. <laughs> that is fucking great. That was great. We're going to need more like that. Um, okay, this is my last one. It's not. It's not happy. Okay, this one just says, buckle up, ladies. This is fucked up. Nice. I was in my mid-20s, single, and living in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I was casually dating on OkCupid. That is tragic in and of itself. (laughs) No, it's not. You do you. (laughs) And I met a guy named Brady. We talked for a few weeks, and then other other than being a little overtly sexual, he seemed cool. Oh, my God. Red flag. I mean, hey. But again, there you are. (laughs) Aren't we all? Uh, again, though, you are on OkCupid. Right. So it's hard to red flag a thing. And that's what you kind of showed up, at least to be in the ballpark of. Yeah. And like you have to go in expecting a couple redder flags than you would have if someone set you up with someone. Right. Like, definitely. Yeah. I would love to know the, 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 how quickly this guy became sexual if it was immediately like the shocker fingers Sex. where you're like, hey, <laughs> hey, bro, dial it down. <laughs> Oh, the Dr. Shocker. <laughs> Remember when that like that every high school student did that in pictures and they it was all like, no, I Everyone, remember look it that. up. We're not fucking telling you what it is. If you don't guys, know. this is very early blog mid 2000s it, where it was like, I, I remember being a horrified late 20s person going, look at these teens doing the shocker. That's so disturbing. Oh, my God. We're so prude, except we're a little overly sexual. Um, yeah. 
Okay. We're hiding it. Oh, we're trying to hide our over-sexuality. Everybody is a little overtly sexual on the internet, right? (laughs) Yes. That's what we're saying. Um, I was a little naive at the time and didn't think anything of it. Anyway, we eventually decide to meet. We meet for lunch at a little Italian restaurant in my neighborhood. And from the get-go, I was creeped out. There was no definitive reason why. He was nice, looked just like his pictures, and was generally an okay-seeming guy. But I just had a feeling... After lunch, he invited me to go for a drive to, quote, someplace peaceful. Mm -hmm. And because I apparently have zero instincts for self-preservation, I went along. We end up at this isolated spot by the river in a part of town I was unfamiliar with. Mm -mm. I still had this nagging feeling that something was off about him. I finally got up the courage to tell him I needed to go home because I left my oven on. I swear this is the excuse I used. What the fuck, self? (laughs) It's not not the worst. No, it's I think that's it. um, There's an element of immediacy Mm -hmm. to that excuse. Right. But it's also very benign. So it's not going to get a true creep angry. There's nothing you can do about it. Totally. And it sounds so fake that it. Why would you pretend like why would you lie about that? I would her, I bet that person's acting was on point in yeah. that moment when they had to deliver that line. And I bet this guy was used to people being creeped out by him. So he didn't even okay. think anything of it. Because you know what I was just thinking is what dude on a first OK Cupid date is like, let me drive you to an isolated location. Right. That's yeah. it. It's on him to not be that creepy. Totally. Like, like make it's not on you to be trust trusting. Right. It's not. You don't have to extend yourself that far when he's not even being standard. Wait until three dates polite. It's disrespectful. Totally. It is. It's weird. Well, listen to this because Uh he reluctantly took me home. I told him later that I wasn't interested in dating him anymore and he was super shitty about it. I got irate messages about what a stupid whore I was and Uh, how I'd never find anybody as great as him. So mm -hmm. sounds great. Sounds great. Yeah. I remember being scared at the time, but eventually the message stopped. Messages stopped and I forgot. Fucking that's so terrifying when you're in the middle of that, man. Yeah. Fast forward a couple of years and a friend sends me a news article about a man who was recently arrested for killing and beheading a man and his pregnant girlfriend before leading police on a chase and eventually killing himself. When I saw the name and photo, I recognized Brady immediately and was physically sick. This was the creepy guy I went on a date with a few years previously. In fact, at least one of the photos featured in the article had also been used by Brady in his dating profile. Oh, my God. Yeah. This still gives me chills, and I had to get up halfway through writing this to make sure my door is locked. Thankfully, I moved away from Michigan and found a guy that I'm significantly more confident is not a murderer. Sounds like love. Stay sexy (laughs) and don't get murdered in Michigan, Lauren. Hey, Lauren, I just want to say this. You were trying to give your instincts shit at the beginning of this. Your instincts were spot on, and you got yourself home, and you got yourself safe. Do not in any way beat yourself up for that. Yeah. You, that was you getting you out of that situation. You should be proud of yourself and your instincts. Not that, you know, it, yeah, it's you can't out instinct a fucking serial killer. But a, yeah, but you that's a, follow a predator. You, you followed your intuition uh, and you should be proud and of yourself. And trust that subconscious that serves up the ovens on excuse. It's so perfect. Yeah, I have uh, explosive diarrhea is a good excuse that. But then you'd have to prove it. (laughs) (laughs) That's when a nice portrait mode picture comes in. And it's nice to have one saved on your camera. It doesn't have to be yours. That's right. That's disgusting. Yeah, you can do a get you can get do a Getty image. Pay pay that $150. (laughs) Get the Getty watermark out of there first. (laughs) Yes. 
Lasties. Great. Um, the subject line here is, uh, well, I think the subject line gives it away. So I'll just okay. read it. He- Hi, friends. Hi. Mm, I think you're all so inspiring and wonderful and hope you are staying safe and sane. Anyway, let's get to it. This is long, but I think it's worth it. <clears throat> Great. A little backstory. I was born on spooky Halloween. <laughs> so stupid. I hope Christy Ward is happy that we say that so much on yeah. this podcast. That's hers. Um, that is hers. Uh, and ever since I was little, uh, I would have dreams of loved ones I never met. Dreams of things happening before they happened and a strong connection to the quote unquote other side. Mm. My grandpa died when I was a senior in high school and he was like my second father and we were always super close. I was going out of town the weekend that he died, and as I was rushing to get my things together, I had an overwhelming feeling I needed to go see him. I called and called, and no one answered, and I was running late for my flight. Well, I never got to see him, and he passed that weekend. Mm. It's a guilt I always carry with me. When he died, my grandma really struggled and was about to give up altogether. About a year later, I had this vivid dream of him. In the dream, I was walking up to their house. All the doors and windows were open and there was a bright light coming from inside. There was a breeze and I could hear wind chimes, truly heavenly. I walked into the home and he was sitting in his favorite chair, calm as can be. He looked up at me and smiled and said, when you wake up, I need you to check on your grandma. I can never keep her out of trouble. He told me he loved me and then I woke up. The following morning, I called and called my grandma and she didn't answer. I drove straight over to her house, knocked on the door, no answer. Normally, I would have left, assumed she was out. But because of the dream, I started to panic. I went around the back, hopped the fence, only to find that she had fallen on the patio and was trying to crawl back inside. (laughs) She had broken her hip in two places. Who knows what would have happened or how long it would have taken someone to find her if my grandpa had not visited me in my dream. My grandma made a full recovery after and her accident made her realize that she still has more life to live. If you made it this far, thanks for reading. (laughs) Yes, we did. Stay sexy and find someone who loves you and find someone whose love for you carries on after death. Madison, come on. One of the all time greats. That was gorgeous, that was Madison. So I can never keep her out of trouble. That's what got me. I, I mean, feel like Vince would say that about me. Yeah, for real. And also that he's like, that's such a weird dream where he's all he's all calm. He's yeah. all he's just there not to freak you out, just to deliver a message and to do it in a like calming place that makes her feel like it's familiar. It's calming. Says I love you at the end. Yeah, oh and God. also what a lovely like. That Madison was bummed that she missed him before he died. And, you know, that's a regret so many people carry with them. They it's a decision. Yeah. People that like are like, oh, I'm going on this trip, but I'll see you soon. And it's people that they know they'll see again. And if they're wrong about that, then they don't they just they have the grief of the death. And then they also have this regret as if that was something they were supposed to be able to anticipate, which is, again, don't do it to yourself. That's part of my anxiety. I feel like I I I have very meaningful goodbyes with anyone I talk to because I'm like, I like my anxiety is that you're going to die. So I yeah. have to make sure I'm, I, I have that moment. Good. Or what? Yeah. But then it just makes me not sleep at night. So <laughs> it's not positive. Right. Well, yeah, you're going to have to curb it at some point yeah. because you have to, if you're going to do it, then you have to get, get the credit of having done it. Like right. you're actually never being happened. very considerate. Yeah. yeah. 
And when it does, you'll be three steps ahead of the game. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's what it's all about. That's it. Yeah. Nice batch yeah. this time, Great guys. Job. Guys, send us your fucking letters. We love. I love reading them every week <sighs> when we get to pick them out. It's so fun. Gold um, coins in the dumps. Are you kidding me? That is the treasure. stuff life's made of. Dumps, treasure. Treasure. Please send us your treasure found stuff. Anything that you're interested in, please come to our dumps yeah. and pick it up or drop it off. <laughs> How about um, family heir- weird family heirlooms, like a face, like a death mask? Sure. Yeah, tell us about that. We want to hear that. Absolutely. Any anything like that. Yeah. Anything found in a in a dead relative's house Garage that they sale. forgot to. There's nothing better than it used to be back when there was the world was normal. Uh-huh. Every once in a while, there would be that story of like people donating a couch and it's filled with cash. That one, like yeah, those, I just I, those are my favorite. It's the best. Nothing better. Uh, All right. My favorite murder at Gmail or on our website, myfavoritemurder.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and stay sexy and don't get murdered. Goodbye, Goodbye. Elvis. You want a cookie? Ah.